All right. Well, uh, as you take, take a seat, let me, introduce, uh, let me interrupt you so I can introduce Chris Merrill to you. Chris is a good friend of mine. Uh, he's, uh, we met at, at Hill Country Bible Church Austin, and uh, that's where he was right after uh, his family basically got kicked out of Kazakhstan as, a, as, a mission, as missionaries there. And uh, so he came back to the States with the mission to uh, mobilize as many people as possible to head to the nations and uh, primarily to unreached people groups. And God has used Chris and his family in awesome ways to do that. Uh, he's, doing it, he's been doing that in Austin for a while, Hill Country at Hill Country. And then recently he went to those Aggies who really need Jesus and he's helping them uh, send uh, uh, go as goers as well. So he's he's here from College Station this morning, back in the uh, the best city in all the world, and uh, here to bring the word to us. So uh, let's hear it for Chris and uh, take it away, man. Thanks right. for being here. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for letting me be here in the land of the Longhorns. So don't tell my Aggie friends that I'm doing this right now, but uh, it's good to be back and uh, driving over from Aggie Land this morning. Just was praying for you guys and. Uh, um, Pastor Jake just loves you guys, Christopher, I mean, Justin, and just it's just fun to be here, uh, just to see uh, just a continued um, uh, just multiplication here in Austin of the body of Christ. So thanks for letting me be with you. Um, I think I just want to introduce you to my family because uh, that's they're they're more incredible than I am. So this is my family. Uh, you can see my wife. That's not my th- third child. Okay, she's forty. I didn't rob the cradle, and uh, she's incredible. She's like if you're an introvert in the room. Uh, she is like the introverted evangelist. She'll show up at a party and just be like, I'm going to talk to that girl right there. And then sure enough, a few months later, that girl comes into the kingdom of God. And uh, while her extroverted husband goes crazy and meets tons of people. Uh, this is my son, Silas. He's 14. Uh, he loves the periodic table. We just got him a shower curtain with the periodic table on it, and he takes long showers now, uh, putting compounds together and that kind of thing. And then uh, his opposite, my daughter Kira, is 12, and uh, she uh, would probably stab you if you stood between her and the soccer goal. That's her personality. She's my little linebacker that I stay sore from wrestling with her and, uh, and carrying on with her. So we, uh, we have one of the best jobs in the world. Jake was talking about it. I'm just going to roll through some picks here um, as we go here. So we train folks like this. Um, we gather Aggies that are committed to going to the nations. We ask them, would you consider tithing your life to the unreached? Would you give at least, at least seven years to the places in the world where the gospel is not famous yet? And uh, we gather groups like this, and uh, this was actually at Eastside Community Church, just a few miles from here, uh, where we did a retreat. And uh, you can just see uh, the different Aggies that we train that are heading out all over the world. And um, you, can, you can roll a little faster if you want, bro. Um, this is a group uh, just across the U.S. that we get to participate with, just to encourage you um, there are about two, 200 folks that are training now to head out to the nations long term, uh, to the unreached. And uh, this is what it looks like. While they're training, it's not just cognitive training. We're actually going out to students and um, throwing parties like this, playing some volleyball with uh, some Saudi friends, and uh, just going out on campus, meeting families, meeting Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, seeing them come into the kingdom of God, and then reach their families and their people, and baptizing them, and so it's just a blast. This time of year, it is like living out the book of Acts, when, when God says, and he was adding to their number daily, those who are coming to Christ, that's my life right now. This week, we saw a household of Chinese come to Jesus in College Station, 
a Muslim family uh, came to Christ and started walking with Jesus that's been reading the Bible with us for about a year. Um, and uh, some, some Buddhists came to Christ, a couple Hindus baptized. It's just been awesome uh, to see uh, just God moving in this strange place called Aggieland as uh, these folks prepare to go to the nations. They're learning how to be fruitful and multiply their lives. And so you can see some of the folks that have landed in, in different places. And so uh, that's my life, man. And if you want to join us uh, in the nations, uh, man, would love to talk with you and just excited just to be part of, um, of just being here this morning. More than anything, I hope that these pictures just illustrate to you that the kingdom of God is alive and God is moving like never before in the history of the world. 90% of the church, those who follow Jesus, now live outside of North America and Europe. Can I just say that again? 90% of the church, those who follow Jesus, now live outside of North America and Europe. That's how God is moving. Uh, more than twice the number, uh, three time, twice to three times the number of Muslims have come to faith in the last two and a half to three years than in the rest of history combined. We are seeing God move and God do great things in some of the darkest places on earth. He is showing his light and he is showing up in power and in beauty in that way. And so just excited um, to be here and uh, just talk about this. This is a map just to where we sent some Aggies. So if you don't like Aggies, don't go to those countries. Um, but uh, it's awesome. And then this training is happening right here in Austin as well. And even folks that have been part of this body have gone through this training. And uh, we'd love to talk to you about how to connect you up uh, with this if you're planning to go to the nations and, and that. And so... Um, so excited in that way. So one thing you need to know about me is uh, I love the underdog. Um, and this uh, next week is one of my favorite weeks in sports because what takes place? March Madness. But even before March Madness, I know you all are incredibly excited for the indoor national track meet, right? Yeah, maybe like two of you. But uh, Aggieland is hosting the indoor national track meet for the second time. And my favorite thing to do is to sit in the stands with my daughter. And we like to pick kind of like the chubby guy in the beginning of like the 5,000 meters and just cheer him on. And like the guy that's from like Murray State, you know, uh, let's, let's cheer for the 4x4 four four team from Murray State and just like, Rah! and sometimes when they just move up and the, the person that looks like they shouldn't be winning is just tougher than nails and hanging on for that last lap and they're like in, they, they get the last All-America spot. I mean, we're the people that are just like, ah, and, and their parents are the only others screaming and we like point over at them like we know them and then sit down and it's awesome. And then March Madness rolls in and I mentioned Murray State. The first team to qualify in a tournament is my favorite team to, to cheer for every year. And so Murray State, the first team to qualify into the basketball tournament that starts next week. So I'm going to be cheering for Murray State. Can you cheer for the racers with me? And uh, we're going to cheer for the underdogs. So sometimes when it's Global Outreach Sunday, some of us just are like, oh, time to balance the checkbook, time to check email. And we totally just check out because who are we? How could we possibly go to the nations? If God knew who I was, how could I possibly be used of him? I'm that guy that did this yesterday, or do, do you not know my story? Like, I'm going to eliminate myself. And I would just ask you, would you just embrace the spirit of Murray State this morning? Would you not cancel this message out? And I would just love to just talk to you about the underwhelming people of God, like you and me, that are changing this world, that are turning the world upside down, and they're underwhelming. All right, so would you enter into that with me? 
So before I start and we walk through Scripture, I would like you to just take 30 seconds and just ask God, God, we've worshipped you. Would you teach me from your word? And just rededicate your life to him and just put your life in your hands and just offer that up to the Lord this morning. Would you do that? Just take 30 seconds and go before the Lord. Ask him to teach you this morning. Father, you tell us that we dwell in the shelter of the Most High and in the shadow of the Almighty. So whether we're ballers here this morning or not, uh, Father, we just know that it is because of you, that we have you in us, and that with all humility we enter in to the dreams that we're going to talk about, the the thoughts that we're going to talk about that are your dreams and your thoughts, that all people would worship you. So Father, not because of who we are, but because of how great and mighty you are and that you have invited Uh, us into your kingdom and that you indwell us, do we enter in and even entertain the thoughts that we're about to entertain, that we uh, could join with you and watch you do magnificent things, uh, even though we're broken people, because you're just that that amazing God. And so we come before you with great respect, Father, and uh, please, Spirit, move in this room this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Underdogs, uh, let's go to uh, Psalm 67, okay? We're going to toggle this morning between Psalm 67 and Matthew 28. Sometimes when we go to Matthew 28, the Great Commission passage, we think that's the only scripture in the Word of God about missions. But actually, there's about 3,000 passages in scripture about God's heart for the nations. That even before sin entered the world, it was God's plan to fill this world with worshipers all over the world in his name. And so even before the fall, missions was on the heart of God, and all throughout Scripture we see that. So just as a reminder, we're going to take an anchor in the Old Testament, Psalm 67, and an anchor in the New Testament, Matthew 28. We're going to toggle between the two, and so you can mark in your Bible each of those chapters if you want. And so Psalm 67 starts like this. This used to hang on my grandmother's wall. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. How many of you have heard that before? That's usually where we stop, all right? But I want to start there with this fact that we are all broken and we need God's face to shine upon us. Sometimes when we head out into the nations, we think that we need to be such impressive and fascinating Christians that we reverse this verse and say, God, you are so blessed to have my face shine upon you. And I would just say that if that's your attitude, let's just stay here for a little while longer. Let's get a little more aware of our brokenness and our awareness of who Jesus is. That first step is that God be gracious to us and bless us. May his face shine upon us. That we need him to shine upon our brokenness. That we are just not impressive people. Every story in here is underwhelming when it comes against the lostness that exists out there in the world. We need his power, his glory to come upon us. We need to be fully aware that that almighty God lives inside of us and that is why we go to the nations. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible are the verses we ignore right before the Great Commission. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 28. And Jesus said this, okay, now he's about to tell them to go make disciples of all nations, but I want you just to read this. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and these are some sweet words right here, and when they saw him, they worshiped him just like we did, and some doubted. 
Like, those are some of my favorite words in Scripture. How many of you, like, if, if we just had honesty this morning, like, I'm not going to ask you to really raise your hand, but some of us doubted this morning. And if Jesus would hear, he would stand in front of us and he would, he would say, I receive your worship, I understand your doubt, now go make disciples of all nations. That's glorious. Jesus isn't asking you to be anybody different than who you are. He's just saying, be humble enough to know that your hope is in me. It's not in how impressive you are. And so six foot four white doubter with big feet, welcome to the kingdom of God and be a reproducer of disciples among the nations. We're all welcome to be a part of this. Your brokenness is welcome in the kingdom of God, not just so that his face might shine upon you, but so that you might go and make disciples as you go. I want to introduce you to some underwhelming people here, okay? This is Brett and Shelby. Anybody know Brett and Shelby? They're Austinites. Anybody know these faces? They're good Austinites. They listen to bands that I've never heard of and stuff like that. That's a, that's a sweet beard. Is that not a sick beard? That's like beard of the year right there. Brett and Shelby are just underwhelming people. Like Brett, when he gets in front of a crowd, he's full of ums and uhs and, and just kind of literally shakes nervous when he stands in front of somebody. Shelby fights doubts. But they both just went on a study abroad program to kind of test the waters in North Africa. And I just want to show you, these are, they, they saw five Muslims come to Christ in North Africa. And this is Shelby baptizing one of her friends. And the next shot is uh, the four friends. And then the person taking the picture are the five Muslims in North Africa that came to Christ through them. And it's just been awesome. They're, they're building a team right now to go to another country in North Africa. And these ordinary, underwhelming people are going to be used by God to make disciples that make disciples in a place where the gospel is rare. And so instead of telling you you have to be incredible, I actually have the opposite message for you. I would just say, let's be incredibly humble. Let's be aware of how much God has forgiven us for, the stories of our lives, that he, the debt that he's forgiven. May we fall in love with Jesus and humbly offer him to the world. And would you join some underwhelming people like myself and Brett and Shelby and let's take this gospel to the nations. When Jesus sent out uh, his disciples in Luke chapter 10, I'd encourage you to have your quiet time there this week. He told them some interesting things in Luke 9 and then in Luke 10. He said, don't take a backpack with you. Like, don't take a backpack. Your possessions, your riches, your stuff, that's not that important. It doesn't matter how rich you are. Don't take any money with you. It doesn't matter how much success that you've had. Don't take any sandals or any clothes with you. It, there, there's no like backup plan. It's not about how impressive it is. It's, don't, don't greet anyone along the road. It's not about your network and how incredible you are at, at just your popularity and incredible you are at wooing people. He even tells them, don't go door to door, but stay in the house of the people that are interested in Jesus because he wants to do something greater through the people that you raise up than through you. And he said, eat and drink what's given to you. Like be actually lower than serving those people. Actually allow them to serve you. Be that low. And then he's taken everything from us and he says, and now pray that you would heal the sick and pronounce the kingdom of God. And so I can do that. Like, I am so qualified to be in the kingdom of God. When you look at Scripture, what could God possibly do to tell you he wants to use you greatly? When you look at the stories of Scripture, he used murderers. He used adulterers. He used people who lied that their wife was their sister. He, he used, I mean, just trashy people. 
trashy people all throughout Scripture that he redeemed and then used greatly to his glory. Welcome. Welcome to the work of the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 4, this verse kind of sums it up. It says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. Uneducated common men. Okay? And they recognized that they had, this is the key, been with Jesus. May you not be so impressed with yourself that you think you're God's answer to the nations, that you're lucky, God's lucky that your face is shining upon him. But may you allow the face of Jesus to shine upon you, that you might abide in him, because he says, without me you can do nothing, but if you connect to me, I will make you fruitful. I will make you fruitful. Let's go on to the next verse. Psalm 67, 2 says this. So remember, may his face shine upon us. That's usually where we stop. But there's this awesome phrase, so that his face will shine upon us, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. The reason that God has brought you into the kingdom of God is not just about you. You are not the peak of his grace You are not the sole target. God's glory going forth is what he really cares about. And the gospel has come into you. His face has shined upon you so that his ways may be known on earth, his salvation among all nations. And, And with all authority, Jesus' next line, as he says in Matthew 28, he says that with all that he came and said to them, All authority and in heaven on earth has been given to me. And so with all authority, all knowledge, Jesus has distributed the blessings as he desires so that you can be effective in the kingdom of God. Hebrews 12 doesn't say run somebody else's race. It says take off the sin that so easily entangles and run the race set before you. And so with all authority, he has done this. So let's do a little mental exercise, okay? Get out a piece of paper or a phone, or if you're really good in your mind, just do that. But if you get your phone out, please go airplane mode or something to where you're not like getting interrupted uh, with all that, all right? And I would like you to take 60 seconds and just write down the blessings that God has given you. Just take 60 seconds and think about your life, like your education, your family, all the different things. So just to give you an example... If, if you, about 300, 400, 500 years ago, if you woke up and you took a shower with instantly clean hot water anytime you desired, you know what we called you? An emperor. Okay? So you, we have been blessed incredibly. All right? So on your mark, I'm going to time you. Okay? I'm a runner. I like times. All right? On your mark, get set, go. 60 seconds to write down all the blessings that God has granted upon you. Go. There's half your time. If you're, if you're struggling, then we got, a tr- we got a short-term trip for you right after the service, and you'll come back with more blessings. I guarantee it.
Okay, stop. Now, what I'd like you to do is just hold those blessings in your hand or put them in the front of your mind if you were just thinking, okay? Just hold them in your hand. Put them in your, put them in your hand, your dominant hand. Now, here's what I find amazing is that I, as I mobilize students and young adults and, and sometimes families and older adults to go to the nations, as I was a missions pastor at, H, at Hill Country, Austin, and other places, I was amazed that we are of some of the most blessed people in all the world. Would you, would, you, would you agree with that, that we are some of the most blessed people in all the world? And yet I found that when people came into my office or sat across from me at Sweet Eugene's and all the Aggies said amen to Sweet Eugene's, right? You got some Aggies in here that know what I'm talking about. And uh, I found that most believers grasp the blessings from the Lord and actually use them as excuses not to go to the nations, not to sin to the nations, rather than as blessings that God has given so that the nations might worship him. The way this looked was I once had a guy come into my office, I kid you not, he said to me, hey, as long as you can guarantee that I go to a nation where I can watch the Longhorns football games live, then I'm willing to go. And I just said, hey, bro, when that one's not a condition, come back to see me. Or parents come in and they say, I get this one like, whoo, I mean, just dad's yelling at me. I spent money on my kid's education. We spent tuition dollars, and now you're wanting to send them to the Middle East. As if only the dumb people should go to the Middle East, right? As if the education that you've given him is not the very path that God has designed for him to take the gospel to the nations, And so whatever is on that page, whether that be your children, your parents, your education, the food that you eat, the car that you drive, the home that you live in, we could just go on and on and on with the blessings that God has given this room. You are of the top 1% of the richest in the world, most of us anyway, that are in this room. And God has blessed us so that we as broken people, blessed by God, can bless the nations. And so would you take your blessings this week and would you pray before Almighty God and would you say, God, would you pry my fingers off of these blessings? May I understand that they are from you and would you give me wisdom at how to steward them for the very purpose that you've given them to me so that your salvation might go to all nations, to all peoples. Would you do that? Would you take time this week and just pray through those blessings? Do not use them as excuses in the kingdom of God. And remember, it's Jesus with all authority that distributed those blessings to you and then commands you to go and make disciples of all nations. Let's go ahead and jump ahead to the next verse so we can let you guys uh, put this into action. In Psalm 67.3, remember, May his face shine on us so that his salvation might go out to all the earth. May the peoples, a funny little word there, peoples, like double plural. Did God not know what he was doing there? Grammatic mistake? I don't know. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. And then in Matthew 28, he says it like this. Go and therefore and make disciples of all nations, all peoples, all ethne, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So let's just start with one obvious one here this morning, okay? Is that this this congregation doesn't yet reflect the diversity of the neighborhood that it's in. And if you're a person that doesn't enjoy hanging out with people that, that don't look like you, 
maybe don't have the same cultural background as you, you're going to hate heaven. Because heaven is going to be one of the most diverse places on earth. It is God's desire that all peoples, people from every tongue and tribe and nation, every people group, will come into the kingdom of God. Let's illustrate it like this. This is a picture of, of Nigeria. Okay, This is how Americans see Nigeria. This is the geopolitical boundaries of Nigeria. Yet this is the people groups of Nigeria. These are the different language groups. The next slide there. These are the different language groups, the 538 people groups of Nigeria. Sometimes we think if we just pop the gospel into Nigeria, it's all the same. But when the gospel, it needs different expressions to be understood by all of these different languages, all of these different cultures. And then this next picture, these, the, the non-red people groups are actually the unreached people groups of Nigeria. And there are actually people groups here that yet, are yet to have a single believer. And so when God says, may all the peoples praise you, O God, May every single people group in Nigeria, every single people group in the earth praise you. That's God's heart. He desires that as many people as possible worship him. Every man, woman, and child should have a chance to hear the gospel. And he also says every people group should have representation at the throne of God, that he is in love with the diversity. and He's got something awesome planned for us in heaven that's going to reflect the diversity of his people. And I just can't wait to see it. I hope that you'll be a part of it. This next picture is uh, just to maybe drive this one home. I was in India a couple years ago, and, and my daughter was with me, Kira, and at the time she was about 10 years old. And it was our second day in India, and we were doing this scavenger hunt to get used to the nation of India, and I had people with me. And so we went out and did this amazing race, Delhi, in one day. And so Kira, being 10, her parents aren't that cool anymore. I never was that cool. Her mom's not that cool anymore. She's like, can I go with, and she picked out a group of young adults, and I was like, yeah, you can go with them. And so she didn't have a phone. She didn't have an address of where we were. It's our second day in India. She's still jet lagging. And so they go into a, a uh, what do you call this, a subway station like this at one point in the race. And they have to push their way onto the subway because it's crowded. It's India. There's people everywhere. And the two young adults get on the train and the doors close. And so my 10-year-old daughter that knows no Hindi is standing on a platform like that. And so as her dad, I just was like, oh, I hope she finds her way home for dinner. <laughs> I, 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 she'll be okay. I hope she finds somewhere to eat tonight. I hope she's safe. I hope, I hope it works out okay. No way. Lucky for those young adults, they could not get a hold of me. My phone was in my backpack and the ringer wasn't on. It's those little Nokias, you know, like those old school phones that, I, you know, whatever that old school T9, I think it was called, texting, it was one of those. I didn't get the call. If I would have, man, I would have been doing anything and everything I could to make sure that my family member came home. I would have been going to anybody and miming to them a picture of my daughter, like, look for this girl. May she come home. May she be part of your search. Part of your day is to look for my daughter. And I think in the family of God, while we are here in the land of blessing, that we forget that there are thousands of people groups that yet don't have the gospel. There are thousands of people groups where you live and you die and you never encounter the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are no, not only not a proclamation of the gospel, but no demonstrations of the gospel either. That corruption, poverty, widows, orphans, it's that much worse because the love of Christ is not a part of that society. 
And so I just ask you, like, we have family members that are just as lost as Kira was in a place like this. Would you be a part? Would you join the search? And what's cool is Jesus has already guaranteed that the body of Christ will be complete. That when this gospel has been preached to the whole kingdom, I mean, to, to all peoples, then the end will come. Would you be a part of extending the gospel to all peoples? Let's wrap up. We'll, we'll wrap up with uh, these next two verses. We'll skip, skip ahead to Psalm 67.4. It says, May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. Now, I know from interacting with a lot of people that missions sometimes divides us into two camps, and it shouldn't. There's one camp over here that, that maybe a lot of us feel comfortable in, and it's, it's the proclaim the gospel. It's the evangelism camp. It's the everywhere we go, let's proclaim the gospel because feeding people and taking care of orphans is like rearranging chairs on the Titanic. Like we need to get people saved, and we need to get them on their way to heaven, that that is what we need to do. And then there's folks over here that say, no, I want to be a part of the beautiful reflection of God, and I want to feed the hungry. I want to care for the orphan. I want to care for the widow. And, and those that proclaim Christ, that's great, but I don't know if they're that full of love. And I would just say that the obedient children of God quite often stand right here. That they aren't bold, bold without love, and that they aren't love without the gospel. But they are both and in that process. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, but that doesn't just mean make converts. He says in the next sentence, he says, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. That's the beauty coming out in cultures, and I am with you always to the end of the age. My friend, I'll call him Chuck, lives in Malawi amongst a Muslim people group there, and this Muslim people group was marked by, on average, the leaders in that people group had nine divorces each. Like, just think what that would do to a society if every man and woman that you know had been, been married on average nine times. They had a ceremony for, for manhood and womanhood that began to just go younger and younger into their society where boys would be taken out into the woods and girls would be taken out in the woods to be taught about manhood. But what it became was permission for these boys to go and force themselves on these girls and experience adult things that they weren't ready for in an evil way. We'll just say it like that in this audience. And so what my friend did is over the course of years, he introduced scripture into this society. And what he began to do was teach them what the Bible said about agriculture. And suddenly their crops became more fruitful. He began to teach them what it said about marriage. And now if you try to get a divorce in this people group, even before they came to Christ, they would say, okay, you have two choices. You can move out of, out of our people and go live isolated, but I'm not going to take your marriage apart because God put it together and who am I to take it apart? And then this... This manhood and girl, this womanhood celebration has now been renewed. And little boys and little girls go out into the woods and they're taught what biblical manhood and biblical womanhood look like and taught to respect one another. The chief of this people group, he hasn't come to Christ yet, but the church is multiplying all over the place and redeeming and transforming this people group. He just put two of his men onto this guy's team because he said the church isn't multiplying fast enough. 
We need the beauty of what the gospel does to our people, and we want the church to actually multiply faster in our people group. That's what takes place when the gospel proclaimed and the gospel demonstrated join hands. And I would ask you, as you send folks out, as you send teams out, may we do both. May we demonstrate the kingdom of God and proclaim the kingdom of God. May we not just proclaim the evangelistic gospel, but may we teach people to observe all that I've commanded you so that the widows are cared for, the orphans are cared for, the poor are are rescued, justice comes in, and that God might make the nations be glad and sing for joy as the kingdom of God comes through you to them. For you rule the peoples with equity. Do you think the Muslim peoples that are moving into Austin need a little bit of equity right now? Need to experience some incredible, like, mind-blowing love from people of the kingdom of God? And guide the nations of the earth. And so I would just ask you as, as we close, like, would you come into the game with us? Would you be part of this? There's five different ways that you can enter into the, enter into the game and just want to fly through these if you can put them all up. The first one is we all should be praying. Like, we should be aware that the the kingdom of God is growing massively, and I would just ask you to pray for your missionaries that are in the DR. Pray for your missionaries that are in Indonesia. Pray for your neighbors that they come to know Jesus. Would you be prayer warriors with me? And then some of us need to go. We've talked a lot about that this morning, but I would just ask, like, if, if this is growing in you, would you stand up and would you just tell somebody here to go and just talk about going short-term, going long-term? There's at least one person in this room that probably needs to tie their life to the unreached and needs to start by having a conversation with Pastor Jake about that. And would you be a sender? It's equal sacrifice. God the Father could have come on his own, but instead he sent his son. And being a sender reflects the image of God just as much as going. Would you be a welcomer? There's a table right out here about Bridges, from Bridges International where you can welcome the nations that are coming to Austin. And finally, would you be a mobilizer? If you're that person bold enough to just walk around and tap people on the shoulder and just think, man, I hope, I, I've watched you. You're incredible making disciples on UT's campus. Or the way you work with children, you are filled with the Spirit of God. Would you pray about going to the nations? And just how cool would it be to just tap people on the shoulder? They're complimented, and the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to pray. So if you're that person, would you just start mobilizing people? Would the leadership of this church even pray and fast as you have done and just dream, like, who needs to be the next person that we send out to the nations? And just tap them on the shoulder. So we probably traveled about 50 minutes and 30 minutes there. I'm sorry for my speed. But I just want to go right back to where we began, that all this is because of Jesus Christ. I'm looking at you. We're not that impressive here this morning, okay, guys? But we have an impressive God. And Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if we abide in him, he will make us fruitful. And it's his desire that, that every man, woman, and child experience an opportunity to hear the gospel, and that all peoples will come around the throne of God. Would you, as another underwhelming person, just join me in that? Would you join us in that? And so, as we transition right now, I'd just like you to think about, as we take communion here in just a minute, don't just take this juice and this bread for yourself. But I would just like you just to glory in God that he's brought this blessing to you. And I'd like you to think about those who have never experienced 
to Jesus Christ in them. That communion is a foreign concept to them because no one in their midst understands the blood of Jesus and the body that was broken for them. That message has yet to get to their ears. And would you just worship God in two ways? Would you worship God that he has saved you? All that are saved in Christ are welcome to partake in the communion of God. It's open communion. You don't have to be a member of this church to partake. And then would you also just praise God that he is marching forward to see all tongues and tribes and nations around the throne of God. And would you just say, God, use me. Here I am, underwhelming me. May your face shine upon me so that your salvation may be known in all the earth. So I'd like to just transition to communion at this time. And so if you would just stand with me, I'd like to pray over you. Father, thanks for this body of Christ. I pray, Father, that you would multiply it at the individual level that men and women in this room would make disciples that make disciples. At the body level, you would just give this church the privilege of planting churches both here in the nations and abroad. And Father, I pray even right now that there would be folks that going is welling up within them, sending is welling up within them. And Father, would you even have some shoulder tappers in this room that would tap on the shoulders of the ones that they know should go. And would you create in this body just a voracious sending wave to the nations. In Jesus' name, amen.